Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. We have some absolutely beautiful scripture readings to reflect on today. If I could just encourage you, when you go home, maybe crack open your Bibles again, your Magnificat, your Laudate app, whatever you do to read the scriptures, just spend a little bit more time today with these readings because they are so beautiful. I want to focus our attention this morning on that second reading, first of all, that second reading from Paul to the Philippians. He says this, he, God, will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. He will change our lowly body to conform with his glorified body. This is what I want to talk about this morning. See, so often, I think in, uh, I don't know, people's minds, the, the thought is this, that the goal of the Christian life is to finally escape from and be rid of this bodily existence that we have. That, like The goal is to leave the earth behind and go up to heaven, which is this non-physical, immaterial realm Um, bodies go down there, spirits go up to heaven, right? I think that's what a lot of people think, right? Think back to maybe when you read uh, Hamlet, Shakespeare's Hamlet back in high school. Hamlet talking about when we shuffle off this mortal coil. Friends, I got bad news. This is, that's not Christianity. That's not Christianity. If you're like, okay, I'm tracking with you. You're a heretic this morning. Okay, so (laughs) it's always good. Accuse the crowd as a visiting priest of heretics. (laughs) That's not Christianity. That's Platonism. That's Gnosticism. That's Manichaeism. Pick your, pick your, you know, have your pick of it. It's, it's any one of the early church, um, ancient heresies that sees the body, the material world as something bad, as a shell that we escape from and finally go up to heaven. That's not Christianity, right? We, in Christianity, what what do we profess in our creed Sunday after Sunday? I believe in the resurrection of the, say it like you mean it. The body and life everlasting. I believe in the resurrection of the body and life everlasting. We believe in a God who looked at the material world that he made at the end of those six, seven days of creation. He said, behold, it is very good. He didn't look at it and go, meh. We'll just wait a few, few billion years for this to become a spiritual thing. No, he looked at it and said, it's very good. We are awaiting New heavens, as Paul says, a new heavens and a new earth, a new earth. All of this, every, art, every particle of matter is going to be eventually taken up into the glory of the resurrected Christ. We, see it, we begin seeing a glimpse of it every single mass. Think about it. Little pieces of bread and wine that are sitting in the back of the church right now, just bread and wine. They're going to come to this altar. They're going to be transformed, taken up into the resurrected Christ. That's what's going to happen on this altar. Little bits of creation become part of the glory. That's the destiny. That's the glory. It's not just our souls destined for eternity. It's our bodies also. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. The catechism, though, the catechism says that nowhere does the Christian faith meet at greater, meet greater resistance than it does on this exact point, what we believe about the eternal destinies of our bodies. We've got a lot of crazy, tough teachings in our faith, amen? Yeah, there's some tough stuff that we believe, but the catechism, according to the catechism, the toughest teaching, the one that's like hardest to swallow is what we believe about the eternal destiny of our bodies. So many of us, let's think about it, so many of us don't really feel at home in our bodies. 
We've spent a lifetime looking in the mirror, disliking this or that part of our bodies, trying to change our bodies, trying to make them look younger as we age, trying to change this and that thing, right? Or we've spent a lifetime dealing with sickness or chronic pain in our bodies, or maybe it's, you know, the, the pulls of the desires of the flesh that have led us into sin, right? Many of us, I think, maybe would prefer a Christianity that allows us to be finally rid of these earthbound bodies, a Christianity that would say that when you die, you leave that body behind and you float up to heaven and become an angel. We don't become angels in heaven. Angels are angels. We stay human in heaven. That's like saying when we die, we become giraffes. It's a different species. I don't know about you. I kind of like to stay human, right? And to be human is to have a body, a body, right? To be human is to have a body. This is also from the catechism. Listen to this. The flesh is the hinge of salvation. We believe in God who is creator of the flesh. We believe in the word made flesh in order to redeem the flesh. We believe in the resurrection of the flesh, the fulfillment of both the creation and the redemption of the flesh. Flesh, 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 right? The catechism is at at pains to try and communicate this bodiliness, earthly matter, materiality. It matters. At the center of the mass, you're going to be invited, behold, like the Lamb of God. You're going to see this is, when Jesus says, this is my body given for you. He doesn't say, this is my emotions given for you. This is my soul given for you. This is my body given for you. This is what is so shocking about the gospel that we have today. This vision of the transfiguration on Mount Tabor. This is why the church, in fact, pairs that gospel with this second reading. Right? In the transfiguration of Christ on Mount Tabor, Jesus reveals, get this, Jesus reveals not just simply like the eternal destiny of his body. He's giving us a glimpse of the eternal destiny of every body. Every body that gets attached to his body through the sacraments which touch our bodies will look like his body in glory. That was a lot of bodies. You still with me? Okay. The transfiguration, we are getting like a preview. It's like Jesus saying, spoiler alert, this is how the show ends. You're going to look like this. Radiant in glory. Absolutely radiant in glory. Yes, this flesh of ours, this Weak and frail flesh, these bodies that bruise and bleed and break, these bodies that grow feeble and old, these bodies that get cancer and die, these bodies that decompose, these bodies of ours are destined for glory. They will be raised up and glorified. They'll be raised up and glorified because our bodies are not just shells that house our souls for 70, 80, 90, 100 years. Our our bodies are intricately united to who you are. You are a body. Your body is you, right? Our bodies are theological. Our bodies are significant. Our bodies, look at Genesis, our bodies are stamped with the signature of God himself. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Male and female, he created them. God stamped his own triune heart, his identity in our bodies, our masculinity, femininity, the call of the two to become one flesh. That life-giving communion is a sign, an earthly created sign of God's eternal life-giving communion. Our bodies speak. They, they reveal, they say that we were made for self-giving love, self-emptying love, just like our God who on the cross empties himself, right? Self-giving love, self-emptying love. That's what the body says. 
And that right there, that's the great journey. If I could put it this way, that's the great exodus. That's what that word means, going out from. That's the great exodus we all have to take throughout this life. Learning how to love like God. Like every man and woman, every person has to go forth from themselves to break free from like that black hole of selfishness and egotism to go forth from yourself to love others, to pour yourself out, right? This whole life, this whole life that you have, that I have, it's a school of love. It's being trained to love and become like the love of God, which is self-giving, self-emptying. It pours itself out. That, the path to that glory is the path of the cross, right? That's why St. Paul says to the Philippians, beware of the enemies of the cross. He's not saying that the cross is the enemy, cross is not the enemy, but the cross has enemies. Those who say you can bypass the cross and get to the glory. No, 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 no. The only path to the glory is through the cross, which means through the path of self-giving love, self-surrender. Those of you who are married, you know this. That's what you came to the church on the day of your wedding to say through your vows. I've come here, every husband, every wife has said on the day of their wedding, I've come here to lay my life down, to pour myself out. I've come to be poured out in imitation of him. But it's not even just for all, only married people. It's every person, every person, priests included. We're all called the, like our happiness, our joy, the glory. The road to that glory we see in the transfiguration comes by way of the cross. By way of the cross. Jesus is showing us that we are destined for glory our glory consists in that, in that one thing, that we were made by God in order to love as he loves. In the transfiguration, he's showing us what this looks like. He shows us how this will, like, how this will bring us to the cross, and he shows us that the cross isn't the end of the story. He shows us that the end of the story is glory beyond all our imaginings. He's saying, step outside of the tent, like he did to Abram. Step outside of the tent of your own little world, and go forth from yourself, pour yourself out. That's the path to glory. And when we do that, like, that's the destiny that our bodies, like Jesus, will be changed. Will be changed. It's such a beautiful image. It's our hope. It is our hope. It is our hope. So friends, let's open our hearts again in this Mass as Jesus comes through the power of his word, through the power of the Eucharist, to touch our bodies. The gospel here in this Mass is touching our bodies to transform them that we might be empowered to love more in a cruciform way bit by bit step by step leading to that glory amen